Welcome to the Wellness and High Performance Podcast with your host, Coach Peter. Wellness is the foundation that unlocks your highest performance both mentally and physically and allows you to enjoy life to its fullest. In each episode, I share bite-sized health, fitness and performance lessons that are going to help you to live your best life. So, put on your shoes, head out of the door and start stepping into your potential. In today's episode, you're going to learn why your nose is far more than just a face ornament. It is it is one of the most beautiful things that we have in, in, in our bodies. But it is far more than just a decoration on your face. And you're going to learn why switching to full-time nasal breathing is absolutely essential for your wellness, your performance, and your longevity. And one of the primary reasons why you really have to breathe through your nose is that the nose is, is an air conditioner. The mouth is not an air conditioner. If you look up what are the functions of the mouth, you know, you get chewing, mastication. There's no, there's no sign, there's no mention of breathing. And that's because it's actually not designed for breathing. It's just a secondary way of bringing in air for some reason. You you know your it's a, it's an insurance policy in case there's something wrong with your nose. You have to breathe through your nose. Your nose is an air conditioner. The nose warms, it humidifies, and it purifies the air that we breathe. And this is very very important because breathing dry and cool air, this will dry up the airways. And when the airways dry up, they are more susceptible for inflammation excessive mucus production and when the airways get inflamed the airways are going to narrow and it's much harder to move air through narrower air airways full stop so instead when you're breathing through your nose you're warming the airways you're keeping them nice and humid they are not getting inflamed and they are actually you're, you're not disturbing them with just pure air and now we talk about, okay, what about the purification process? Well, when you breathe through your nose, we have these little hairs inside the nostrils. You might have, you know, thought that they were just for decoration too, but I'm here to tell you that they're not just for decoration, but they are the body's first line defense mechanism against airborne pathogens and particles and some a lot of the stuff that's floating around in the air that we don't see you don't see that stuff when you're walking around a lot of that stuff is going to get stuck in the hairs inside your nose and further in the nasal cavity these things called cilia these hair-like projections are going to catch a lot of the particles that would be otherwise floating into your <laughs> into your airways and furthermore when you breathe through your nose, we also harness the power of nasal nitric oxide. So if you've been really listening to me before, you already know that nitric oxide is a vasodilator. So that means that it opens up blood vessels and subsequently it improves blood flow and oxygen delivery all over the body. But guess what? Nitric oxide is also an antiviral agent. And nitric oxide has been shown to be able to reduce respiratory tract viral infections because it can stop the viruses from replicating in the epithelial cells in our airways and in our lungs. And that's absolutely 
fantastic. So now think conversely, if you're, you know, let's say you go into the supermarket and you're just, you know, you know, let's say you weren't wearing a face mask because nowadays always everyone's wearing a face mask, but still a face mask, that's just a small piece of cloth in, on front of your face. If you're walking around with your mouth open, you're literally like, if you've ever watched David Attenborough and you've seen a blue whale or other whales when they catch plankton and they deliver, they open up their massive jaws and they just scoop all the possible microorganisms that are floating in the ocean. This is exactly what's happening. If you're walking around with your jaw dropped and your mouth open, you are literally catching every single possible, you know, particle from exhaust pipes, every single pathogen or airborne, whatever it is that's floating around in the air, you are catching it into your lungs. And a report done by Harvard University in 2018 showed that more than 8 million people died because of fossil fuel pollution only in 2018. Let me do it again. In 2018, 8 million people died because of microparticles floating, floating around in the air because of the exhaust from fossil fuel pollution. And that's absolutely insane. That's literally 18% of all of the deaths globally are due to microparticles that are floating around in the air. And to put that into perspective, to date, to date, not just in 2021, to date, worldwide, there have been 4.55 million deaths from COVID. So that's that's to date, not just in one year. So the amount of lives that the microparticles and the microorganisms that are floating around the air are touching is absolutely enormous. And I'm not saying if you live in the most polluted city in the world, only, you know, switching to nasal breathing only, if that's, that's going to be some kind of a panacea or that that's some kind of a all of a sudden, 8 million people are not going to die. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say that it's either, it's not going to hurt. It's absolutely not going to hurt. If you live in an urban environment, even somewhere like Melbourne, where the air is, you know, probably relatively clean compared to some of the other bigger cities in the world, 100% breathe through your nose when you're walking around in town and just at all points in time, because otherwise you are really putting yourself at risk for catching whatever is floating around in the air straight into your lungs. Now, the other benefit of nitric oxide is that it's also not only a vasodilator, not only an antiviral agent, but it's also a bronchodilator. So it can actually help to open up the bronchioles and it can actually help to open up the airways and make it that much easier for you to breathe through your mouth. Sorry, to breathe through your nose. And by the way, this is an important point. The more you breathe through your nose, the easier it is going to be to breathe through your nose. Because over time, the airflow itself that's going through the nose, over time, that airflow itself is going to be expanding the airways, not to a significant degree, but definitely the, you know, the, the airways are made up of soft tissues, of muscle tissue. Over time, the stress of airflow is actually absolutely going to help to keep your nasal passages wider and your nasal passages 
more open compared to then if you breathe through your mouth you're never taking air through your nose it's very easy for your nose to con get congested there's a this concept and this principle of use it or lose it and it's very very true when it comes to breathing through your nose if you don't use your nose it's going to be very very hard to breathe through your nose in the future so to sum it up nasal breathing is really going to protect you and it provides the first line of protection to your body to your lungs and to your immune system from the outside world the second reason why you really want to keep your mouth closed and why you really want to breathe through your nose is related to carbon dioxide and that's because when you breathe you know if you open your mouth now and you're breathing through your mouth I'm breathing in and out more air I'm moving more air I'm I'm not only taking in more air but I'm exhaling more carbon dioxide and if you recall this is a big big deal because carbon dioxide is not just a waste gas when it comes to breathing see carbon dioxide is the primary stimulus for oxygen release to take place from hemoglobin so hemoglobin is this protein that's in your red blood cells and it's carrying oxygen and carbon dioxide around your body when you are breathing through your mouth and you're exhaling excessive amounts of carbon dioxide that causes a change to take place in the acidity of your blood so your blood becomes slightly more alkaline when your blood becomes slightly more alkaline this is called respiratory alkalosis so if you want to check it out respiratory alkalosis what happens is that the affinity of hemoglobin to oxygen increases so we have vasoconstriction takes place your blood vessels constrict and your hemoglobin holds on to oxygen more tightly and subsequently less oxygen is delivered to your brain to your muscles to your organs and to all the other cells in your body not good more oxygen in general as a rule of thumb more oxygen is always better because oxygen is a, is, a, is a little bit of a big deal it's kind of the whole point of moving air and in, in air in and out of our bodies is to deliver oxygen to all of our tissues so on the flip side if i'm breathing through my nose that's right you can't hear it because you shouldn't hear nasal breathing you you know you don't hear that i'm exhaling less carbon dioxide subsequently my blood carbon dioxide levels are going to remain higher when blood carbon dioxide levels remain higher this causes the acidity of the blood to change again so now the blood becomes slightly more acidic when your blood becomes slightly more acidic the affinity of hemoglobin to oxygen reduces so this is called the Bohr effect if you want to check it out Bohr effect B-O-H-R and because of the Bohr effect more oxygen is going to be released and delivered to the brain to the muscles to the cells all the organs and all the cells in your body this is a massive massive deal so in other words if you're breathing through your mouth yes you're moving more air in and out of your body but you're actually depriving your cells you're depriving your brain and your muscles and all the organs you're depriving them from oxygen i know that this is a bit of a thing to get wrap your head around but the more you breathe 
the heavier you breathe, the more air you move in and out of your body, the less is actually going to the cells of your body. So this has another thing that's connected to it is your the arousal levels of your autonomic nervous system. So when you're breathing faster and shallower and through your mouth, I'm increasing the arousal levels of my autonomic nervous system. And with fast and shallow breathing, you are going to activate the fight or flight state of your autonomic nervous system. And if you recall, when your body goes into fight or flight, you start prioritizing immediate survival over long-term health and reproduction. That's fantastic if you're exercising. However, not so good if you're just sitting around in a meeting or if you're just, you know, just doing whatever else. If you're not exercising, you don't want to be in a state of fight or flight. And by the way, this is not to say that you should definitely breathe through your mouth during exercise because you definitely should not because of the same reasons that we're covering right here. So in the flip side, when your breathing is slower, lighter, deeper through the nose, the arousal levels of your autonomic nervous system stay lower. When you exercise, this is beneficial because now the perceived stress of your exercise is less and you can actually do more work with less of a perceived effort. So if you start exercising and, you know, I've seen this with clients a million times and over, especially if it's, a, if it's a new client and they've never heard of this thing called nasal breathing before. And, you know, they start panting. <sighs> they start breathing like like this when we've, we've barely just gotten started, mate. Like what's going on here? I'm just teaching you how to actually contract your muscles so that we can actually, my goal is not just to make you fatigued with exercise. My goal is to actually provide some stress and stimulus to your system and namely, for your muscles, if you want to improve your body composition, we need to stress your muscles first and foremostly. But with a lot of people, they can't get to the limit of their muscles, for one, because they don't have the skills in the beginning, but for two, because they're breathing like this so quickly that they actually, they get totally gassed and they go totally white and they have to stop exercising. And they're almost like, well, great, we've got 45 minutes left in the session and you're, you know, you're pretty much toast, toasted. Fantastic. <laughs> so that's, that's not ideal. And what we want to do is to maintain calm breathing and maintain the control of your breathing, not only when you lift weights, but also when you run. Because as soon as you let go of your breathing and you, you lose your the, the calm and collected pose of your, your breath, as soon as that happens, respiratory alkalosis is going to follow very soon and you are going to very you're going to be very very close to having to stop exercising so not ideal and of course you know at night time when you're trying to relax yourself you want to achieve a state of low arousal you have to achieve a state of low arousal and when you're sleeping if you're breathing through your nose your nervous system and your whole body is going to be able to drop into deeper states of relaxation and your sleep quality is going to be that much better. The next reason why you also want to breathe through your nose 
is what we also already touched kind of it is that you know when you're breathing dry and cool air not only you're drying your airways but you're actually dehydrating your body and there was an interesting study by Jensen al that showed that when you switch to mouth breathing compared to nasal breathing the body actually lost 42 percent more water so this is a significant detail not only during the day but at night time because dehydration is a stress to your system it's a stress to your body and you know dehydration itself that's going to reduce if you dehydrated enough that's going to reduce oxygen delivery and blood flow it's going to cause brain fog and it's going to increase the arousal levels of your body and if that's happening at night time it's absolutely disrupting the quality of your sleep and it's pulling you out of your deepest and most restorative sleep and one of the main reasons also why you want to breathe through your nose is of course aesthetic if you ever watch think about a movie or next time you watch a movie and they're trying to depict someone who's you know i don't want to say that they're they're dumb but let's say that they're a little bit you know on the, of the lesser intelligence how are they breathing are they breathing are they walking around with their mouth open like this or are they breathing through the nose and they look nice and calm and they look nice and focused stop paying attention to this when you're walking around in town when people walk towards you when they come with them their mouth is closed and they're walking with the you know the chest is high the shoulders are relaxed shoulders are down they're looking straight ahead they look like they're going somewhere that kind of person looks like they they're going somewhere they know what they're doing and then on the flip side, next time you're walking around town, pay attention. Who's walking around with their mouth gaping open and they're walking around? And let ask yourself, which one of those, if your goal is to advance in your career, if you want to make as good of a first impression as possible, if as you can, on people, which one of those type of, uh, type of looks is the one that you want to be giving off when you first meet someone? Or when you're just walking around the city think about that and this is obviously something that unfortunately unfortunately we can't do much with adults but with children it is absolutely important to breathe through your nose because of your tongue and the tongue position because the tongue it's a bit of a natural orthodontic appliance see when you breathe through your nose your tongue should be on the roof of the mouth so the tip of the tongue should be like one centimeter behind the front teeth so where you if you say letter n n n where does your tip of your tongue go n and then the rest of your tongue should be carpeted it's like a, you're not pressing up it's it's more like a suction if you ever had a a, a breath pill like a mint a breath pill imagine you're sucking on a on a breath pill with the back portion of your tongue so the tip of the tongue on the end spot and the rest of the tongue on the top of the palate this is something that we should learn as babies because of when you you're breastfed this is the only way to put the tongue on that place that is when a child learns how to breathe through the nose and how to keep her tongue in the correct position when the tongue is in the correct position 
the tongue is exerting pressure and stress against the maxilla, which is the top jaw. And when the tongue exerts pressure and stress against the top jaw, the top jaw is going to grow and it's going to grow forwards and it's going to grow outwards. And if you want to see what a really good looking maxilla looks like, go and Google Brad Pitt. And you know, you might know like, okay, Brad Pitt, yeah, he's like pretty handsome guy and he's been in some movies, but let's look at him. Just look at his jaw. Look at like, why is he, what do humans perceive as good looking faces? We perceive strong jaws and the same goes for any other person that you think it looks you know, either handsome or beautiful, any female that you think that is is attractive. But look, look at them and be like, okay, how developed are the jaws? Okay, we got some cheekbones. And also we have really developed jaws. And those are it's not a coincidence. That is because when, when you're as a child, if you chew enough, and if you keep your tongue in the correct place, you're you are going to be re reaching the genetic potential that you have for facial aesthetics. And it turns out that the larger your jaws, guess what, the larger your airways as well. So, you know, Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, any one of those guys, they don't worry about obstructive sleep apnea, because they have a ton of real estate for their tongue in their mouth and in their upper airway. Unfortunately, someone like me, who didn't have perfect tongue posture when I was a child. I used to be a mouth breather. And because of that, I have very underdeveloped maxilla, even though I went through 10 years of orthodontics from age five to 15. Orthodontists didn't really realize how important jaw size was. And they actually used to only look at the smile. They would say, okay, if I can make your mouth smaller, it's easier for me to make your smile look good. So for example, what happened to me was that they actually extracted some of my top teeth. So now I had less teeth in my mouth. And then they were able to bring my, you know, bring my teeth closer together. So yeah, I look, I had a nice smile when I was, you know, 15 years old. But now, when I'm, you know, 29, almost 29, now I have to do significant exercises every day to reduce the likelihood of obstructive sleep apnea. And this is why I had obstructive sleep apnea when I was 25 years old. If you're a parent, this is something that, um, you know, a lot of, if you bring it up with your dentist, if you bring it up with your child's dentist, they're going to shake your hand. They're going to say, you are an absolute legend. Where did you hear about this stuff? Because all the dentists, all the orthodontists, they know about this, but not many parents unfortunately know about the importance of nasal breathing for their child, not only for their sleep quality, not only for their airway health, but for their aesthetics and their not only the aesthetic, but also the size of their airway. We've kind of covered a fair bit of ground there. Obviously, the last reason that I've spoken at length before is what happens when you breathe through your mouth at nighttime. When you breathe through your mouth at nighttime, your tongue resting position drops on the floor of the mouth. And when the tongue is on the floor of the mouth, it's much easier to collapse on the airway. When the tongue collapses on the airway partially, well, we call that 
snoring because now there's smaller space and you're moving air through a smaller space there's more turbulence and those tissues are going to flap against each other that's going to create the sound of snoring and if the tongue collapses in the airway fully well now there's no airflow that's what we call obstructive sleep apnea event so yeah there you go you know like I hope I've really convinced you that the the, ma the nose is not just a face ornament. It really does serve some pretty important purposes. And right now, right here in Australia, it is the hay fever season. And so many people, like it's not even funny, so many people are walking around with blocked noses. And I have my fullest sympathy to you. It is damn hard to breathe through your nose. If your nose is constantly blocked and remember this here's the thing it's a use it or lose it game because firstly if you don't breathe through your nose even if you have allergies well now that nose is just gonna get more and more blocked and secondly remember when we spoke about you being that whale catching all the particles and all the pollen all the pollen that's making you it's making your allergies worse you are drawing it in through your mouth so mouth breathing is is absolutely gonna make your allergies even worse so I wanna help you my friend don't worry I'm here to help you because you know what I've just posted a video on YouTube where I dive deeper into possible causes for nasal congestion you know other things than just pollen because there are many many things that are entering your body not just pollen or not just dust that can cause nasal congestion so I go through all of those things and I also cover an exercise that's going to clear your nose naturally as long as you stay with me for the whole video it's important you don't just look one rep and go because I'm gonna give you some really important even some more advanced cues for that exercise in the later repetitions so it's really important that you watch the whole thing from the beginning until the end and it's really important that you check it out and you bookmark it for future reference in case if your nose isn't blocked right now but guess what there's a really high chance that your nose is going to be blocked at some point in your life and if you have someone in your life that you want to see to live their best life and they can't because their nose is blocked, please send them maybe this podcast, but send them that video that you can find on the description of this podcast, at least in Apple Podcasts. Otherwise, you're just going to search for Coach Puru on YouTube. And I think I might actually have to do a future YouTube video or a podcast just on how to pronounce my name. Puru. Coach Puru. So C-O-A-C-H-P-Y-R-Y, Coach Pyrrh. Look for that and look for the exercise to open up your nose. You can find it as long as you go to my channel. So if you found this episode, if you found any of the other episodes that I've done so far, if you found them useful, even to the smallest degree, please help me to help more awesome people like you and please leave me a rating and a review and share this episode with at least one more friend so that we can grow this thing and we can reach even more people and even more people can accelerate themselves on their wellness journey and live their life to its fullest thank you so much for listening today this is coach Puru. let's do this